1: It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: And it's Monday morning. We are recapping preseason week two, which saw a lot of starters play. Some good things from the Steelers' offense, good things from the Giants' offense. Jimmy Garoppolo got out there, and he looked okay. Devonte Adams played one snap. We'll tell you everything that you need to know. Ramondre Stevenson was lined up at wide receiver. Great stuff going on in preseason week two. And I am Adam Azer. With Heath Cummings and Jamie Eisenberg, we're going to give you our winners and losers, our rankings, risers, and fallers. And wow! We're going to start with our wow moment. Or wow player. Or wow team. And Jamie, I want to start with yours. Because it makes me very happy inside. What was your... <laughs> <laughs> Your Wow team from preseason week two.
2: Well, I did this just to appease you, of course. Um, but I do like the fact that Heath is wearing the team colors as well. Um, I, I think it's fun to see uh, what this Giants offense might, you know, turn into now that they have, you know, maybe some better pass catchers uh, and and getting healthier as well. You know, Sterling Shepard coming back also. But that first drive, my gosh, uh, Daniel Jones looked great. Darren Waller looked awesome. Four targets, three catches. You know, if he had come down with that one where you know seemingly dropped, but he just got popped really good um, would have been even more impressive. So, uh, you were there to see it in person. So you probably have a better, uh, idea of what it looked like and what it sounded like. You know, I'm sure the crowd was really excited. Well, Uh, if you you were in my
0: seats, if you had my seats, you'd know that I did not have a better view than what you you had on. Okay.
2: Well, Waller looked fantastic. Uh, I think (laughs) Paris Campbell is going to actually be a thing depending on what, what again happens to, you know, potentially Shepard and Wandell Robinson at some point, but he's, he's definitely of interest. And this was all without Saquon Barkley. Take that into account. It's the preseason, but I think Daniel Jones could have a very uh, take a leap in terms of what his production could be. And and as a passer, now, he has he has a legitimate pass catcher. And Waller, I think you know again, you know I've been excited about him, but uh, can challenge to be that second fantasy tight end this year if he stays healthy.
0: Yeah, I don't think I drafted any Daniel Jones. And watching that drive, I just Heath. I think you know you're always trying to project half pass heavy, run heavy. I, I don't know. I mean, he threw nine passes on that drive. They didn't have Barkley, as Jamie said, but are we going to see a different... This is not your father's Giants offense.
3: I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I think it was one of those things where if... And we've talked about this. Like, if you were excited about the Giants or you were interested in being excited about the Giants, you have every reason to watch that performance and be excited about the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I... <laughs> I don't think that they're did they have a run play? Yeah. The only run play was Daniel Jones scrambling, right?
0: No, they had a handoff, I think, to Jalen Hyatt. And I think they had a Matt Breida run on that drive too. I think. Speaking of Jalen Hyatt, he also was having a good preseason. We'll talk
3: about him later. But Um, like it was it was an impressive performance. It'll be interesting to see um how the offensive line holds up when the other team plays their pass rushers. But uh Yeah. Yeah, there it is. It was good.
0: (laughs) Okay. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but let's say you guys were – I went to the game, as Jamie mentioned. I was in seats one through four. There were people in seats five and six. We were the only people in the entire row of 16 seats. So we sit down. If you're in seats five and six, how do you not move over a seat, right? You were with your family? Yeah, I was with my wife and my two kids, my screaming kid who's just – Andrew was just, like, cheering at anything. Just like, yeah. Like, so, (laughs) I mean, I thought it was funny. I'm sure they thought it was funny. Like, why didn't they move down? (laughs) I didn't mind, but I would have moved down. Don't, aren't you, if you go to the movies and you can leave a seat open next to you, don't you leave a seat open next to you? Did you, did you say something? No, of course not. hey,
3: look, that whole row is empty. (laughs) how many, how many, how many many open seats were there? Ten. So you could have gone and sat six seats away from them. Yeah, but it, it's, I was my I, I, could see why, I went in my I can see why Adam seat. didn't I can see why Adam didn't
2: move because he's with his two kids. Like, but I would have probably said, uh, wow, look at all that space over there. The
0: hey, empty seats you were sp- next to them. There were no empty seats yeah. next to me. I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, Heath, what was your
3: wow moment this weekend? Well, you should go first because you stole the most obvious one and the one that I like the most. Okay. But I'll go ahead and say other than the one you're going to say, it was it was Tajay Spears. Um, he's, and it wasn't the first time and that, that dude's quick and looks like an NFL running back. And we've not been dra- like, you're getting ready to talk about the best handcuff in fantasy football. We've not been really drafting Spears with the other top handcuffs. And I think that Spears probably deserves to be in that, especially considering that the only reason that we're not drafting Derek Henry in the first five picks is because he's 29 years old and we're worried that he's going to break down. If that does happen, then Spears is free money.
0: Pittsburgh's offense is what everybody's talking about right now, and I was interested after the first preseason game when they seemed pretty aggressive, pretty pass-happy, felt like they showed a little more, more confidence in Pickett, and they backed it up in this game. And they played against the Bills' first-team defense, and they were kicking their butt. They were up 14 uh, nothing in about five minutes. Jalen Warren is that handcuff that Heath was talking about. We probably shouldn't even call him a handcuff anymore, right? I mean... I was thinking, what's the difference now between Jalen Warren and, and Samaje Perine? Who who would you guys rather have? He had a sixty two yard touchdown run, Jalen Warren. Um, so you can answer that first, Warren or Perine?
2: Uh, Perine still. I'm just I'm I'm very very concerned still about these guys coming back from their ACL injuries.
3: That's the big difference between Warren and Perine is that Najee Harris is not coming back from an ACL.
2: Okay. I I also think for P. Ryan, I know Javante Williams had five targets and four catches, but P. Ryan still played on the majority of third downs.
0: Yeah. um, And so but anyway, the Pittsburgh offense in general, they're just maybe they're going to be better. And it's inspired me to draft Deontay Johnson. I did it over the weekend in the FFT Open uh, 58th overall in a a two receiver PPR league. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. Heath uh, feeling better about the Steelers offense than we were a couple weeks ago.
3: A, a little bit. I haven't moved. Like I think maybe a couple of guys have moved because guys have gone behind them. But I, w- I was already pretty high on Pat Fryermuth, and I was already pretty high on Deontay Johnson relative to where his ADP was. I'm still kind of down on Pickens, but I drafted uh, Deontay in the in the best ball championship as well. I think in round eight, um, round seven, round eight. So yeah, I, I like him as a borderline number two wide receiver in full PPR, and I think. I think he probably catches over 100 passes. It's it's kind of a battle between Muth and Pickens. And I think the, the real interesting thing, and you've kind of hit on it a little bit, and we've talked about it a lot this offseason, is how run-heavy are the Steelers going to be. We've got that six or seven-game sample size from the end of last year after T.J. Watt got healthy when they went super run-heavy. But that's not something Canada Canada's ever really ever done before.
0: Jamie, what do you think? I mean... You guys both have Najee. Har- I mean, it's funny. Like we're talking about how great the Steelers' offense looks. We're not Najee Harris, though. Um, what do you? Th- what's your outlook now for the Steelers? Are you higher on them than you were two weeks ago?
2: Yes. You know, so I was uh, somewhat pessimistic about Pickens, but it's, you know, you're seeing him do some different things, which is obviously important. You know, forget about the highlight catches because a lot of that is pass interference where he's pushing off guys. But it's, I, I think, just seeing a better Kenny Pickett. That's the biggest thing, is and, and you know I, I think this is what you're talking about. The trust in Kenny Pickett seems to be there, and so they've had playmakers. You know they they drafted great the last couple of years. Fryermouth I think is going to be a playmaking tight end. Pickens is going to be a significant receiving option, and so I've always kind of been hovering around. You know Deontay Johnson's kind of gone from 24 to 26. You know just pending moves, guys around. You know I'm keeping him right now in, at, at 24. Um, and in PPR is a little bit lower in non PPR Pickens has probably jumped about five or six spots for me So he was right around wide receiver 38 now. I think i have him at 33, you know, so Um, I could see a similar path to success for him like a Jahan Dotson. I like Dotson better but second receiver on the team Probably gonna have more touchdowns than the first receiver mm-hmm. as we saw last year in the case of both those guys, right? And I think going to see better quarterback play, like in, in the case of both of those second-year guys. So very high-end number three receivers, but I'll say what I say all the time. You can go from receiver 22, 20, to receiver like 35, 36. And any one of those guys could be, you know, you'd rather have them as your third receiver, but you could be your second receiver as well.
0: Got a donation here on, uh, for St. Jude in our chat. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. There's a donate button, I think, below the chat. So please feel free to donate anything you can. We'd appreciate it. it all goes to St. Jude. we got uh, about uh, 10 days left. Our draft-a-thon is next Wednesday. I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, George Pickens or a rookie wide receiver, Addison or JSN? Pickens or those guys?
3: Pickens. Addison, JSN, Pickens for me.
0: All right. Pickens yeah. first for Jamie. Pickens last for Heath. Uh, Pickens or Gabe Davis? Pickens. Gabe. All right. So a difference of opinion there. Who's the biggest rankings riser for you guys this weekend, Heath? Uh,
3: probably the combination of Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Um, the Dolphins running back's not named Devon A. Chain. A. suffering a hopefully not major injury, but also it just seems like he's clearly behind those two guys. And I'd been drank, ranking it as if it'll take a couple of weeks and then A. Chain will... Maybe not be the lead back, but be the, the best back to roster on the Dolphins. And now I've moved Wilson and Mostert both ahead of them. Still only round 10 picks, but they weren't somebody I was drafting even that early before this weekend.
0: And you prefer Wilson to Mostert? Just slightly. And how do you rank Wilson versus, uh, versus uh, Jalen Warren?
3: Very different players, I think. I've got them in the same round. I currently have Wilson ahead.
0: I mean, does it... Does your team construction matter at that point? You're, yes. Yeah. Right, so just go ahead and say it out loud. Like how, how does
3: it affect whether you're drafting Jeff Wilson or Jalen Warren? Um, if I've drafted like on a zero RB build, I would rather have Jeff Wilson. And if I'm looking at a a true number four running back, then I'd rather have Jalen Warren. Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I would say hero RB also for Wilson.
0: Uh, Jamie, who's your Biggest rankings riser. I mean, aside
2: from some of the guys we've talked about, it's been kind of a gradual rise. But like Jalen Morin is, is is clearly one, you know, where he was in the mid 40s. Now he's 39 for me, you know, so jumped up several spots. Um, Daniel Jones moved up to QB 14. Um, trying to think who else. Big riser. Jordan Love. Uh, I did move Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett ahead of Ryan Tannehill. I did have Tannehill ahead of those guys. And just after seeing, you know, the last couple of preseason. Oh, J- Jaden Reed is a big riser for me. He's, he's jumped about 40 spots. You know, so he was like around wide receiver. He was around like 160 overall. Um, he's not in my top 60 yet. He's at 61. But he's in that same mix for me as uh, like a Jacoby Myers, Rondell Moore, the third, fourth, and fifth Chiefs receivers. <laughs> you know, those type of guys. Um, but it's – I think – and this makes me a little bit concerned about Christian Watson, that is it going to be a spread offense here because they have so many young options that are going to play well. I mean, Luke Musgrave is, is somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, obviously, you know, Romeo Dobbs. You know, is Watson going to clearly dominate targets? I think he's definitely the one you draft first and, and still draft him as a number two receiver. But, you know, I, I think you should definitely put some attention if you haven't done so already on Dobbs and, and Reed just because of what Jordan Love is doing right now. He looks good.
0: Yeah, I, I think Dobbs, for me, is someone that, I have to start drafting. And look, I, I, I brought this up. I don't know if it was last week, but I brought this up somewhat recently. We've gotten a lot of Romeo Dobbs uh, love from the reporters. And I feel like as a fantasy community kind of brushed it aside. After the NFL draft, the beat writer and the, the athletics beat writer predicted that Romeo Dobbs would lead the team in catches. And then there was a report that he had the best connection with Jordan Love. And then if you just look at so far through the preseason, when Jordan Love has been on the field... You've got Luke Musgrave, Romeo Dobbs, and Christian Watson all playing 28 to 29 snaps, all running between 16 and 19 routes. And Musgrave actually has the most targets. He has six. But Dobbs has the best production by far. Four catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown on four targets. Watson has two catches for six yards on three targets. And Jaden Reed has only played 16 snaps and run 12 routes, so about two-thirds of the involvement as the other guys, but he has three targets as well. So... Um, it, you know, look, I don't know how much you care. Apparently Christian Watson was talking to Dave about this this morning. Watson's been great in practice. It's, it's 29 snaps, 28 snaps over two games, but Dobbs has been better than Christian Watson. How are we supposed to interpret all of this data right now as we consider Christian Watson? I mean, he, you took him 36th, uh, in a mock draft last week. So yeah. What are we thinking here about the Packers wide receivers?
3: I think we have to be careful making too much out of target share in the preseason. Um, like I would assume that Musgrave has seen the most targets because they want to see the most from him. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not taking too much out of that. But I, I am a little bit less comfortable with Watson than I was. I agree with Jamie. I still think. Um, Dobbs is probably my favorite value in terms of where they're being drafted out of all of these guys. I, I still mostly view Reed and Musgrave as lottery ticket types that are more likely to be dropped than be contributors on your fantasy team. Um, but if those two are both involved, then it's definitely going to be a bad thing for Christian Watson. I, I'll give you two things. First off, the, the stuff that we saw, which
2: was go back to the start of last season. Dobbs was better than Watson. And then Dobbs got hurt. And that's really when Watson took off. And so you remember he had, I think it was a, a, a toe or an ankle injury and uh, Matt LaFleur talked about this at the owner's meetings, you know, that Dobbs was, you know, off to such a great start and then he got hurt and he didn't really get back to that level. But the other part of this is what LaFleur said at the owner's meeting. He said, when he looks at Romeo Dobbs and he goes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very careful what I say here, that he's got a lot of Devonte Adams type movement to him. And so, you know, they really value him. And so... While Watson, as an athlete, is probably better and will do some different things that I don't think Romeo Dobbs can do, right. that doesn't mean like what Keith said, you know, that or, or you said Adam, that, that he could lead the team in interceptions, that he could be a favorite target for Jordan Love. But the best part about both these guys is, and, and even Reed and Musgrave, like we're talking about concentrated targets to those four guys, you know, and and to to I don't know what varying degrees, but varying degrees, you know, and then you factor in what Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon brings to the table too. It's we know where the ball's going. You know, it's like, that's the fun part about it. You know where the ball's going. And so is it going to be uh, 10% more to Watson in, in terms of target share? Is it going to be 20%? You know, that's, I think, the thing you got to be a little bit cautious about, how much you're you're excited about Watson. But look, if Watson hits, he's going to be awesome. Yeah. If Dobbs hits, he's going to be, I think, startable. I think that's the way you, you want to approach it.
3: What, what, what Will it finally be the first time in, what, four years that Aaron Jones doesn't finish second on the Packers and targets? Um. Hopefully, yeah, that's for everybody cool. we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and then I had one of those moments. You know, I, I, Dave and Jamie have both talked about this, where you're on the clock and you look at your rankings and you have two guys ranked back to back, and and you don't know if you want to take the guy who's ranked higher. And for me, it was Romeo Dobbs and Elijah Moore. Like those two, I am really struggling with ranking right now. Um, I actually took Elijah Moore because I thought that he had more upside, and it was the best ball championship. But I. I I think I prefer Dobbs. He's got we got him one spot higher. Would you take? Yeah, I do too.
0: All right, fine. So let's go that same team. Would you take Christian Watson or Amari Cooper? Watson.
3: Definitely Watson in the best ball championship. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think still Watson. Yeah. Uh,
0: Christian Watson or Keenan Allen PPR.
3: Watson. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a change right here. I'm gonna go with Keenan Allen. Okay. All right, I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna, we're gonna all try to make a change by donating to St. Jude. Our draftathon is next Wednesday, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. We're gonna have guests from all over the industry. Ben Gretch is gonna open the show with us. You remember Ben Gretch? Um, Joe Pisapia is lined up. We got uh, incredible guests: Jake Seely, Joey Wright. Tara Roberts, uh, we've got like a full lineup of awesome guests, including Pete Prisco, Will Brinson, Nick Costos is coming on the show. We got a, a big fun show planned for you, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. No commercial breaks. All of it's on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. D-
2: don't don't Can forget we- our, uh, our our famous artiste. Our famous artiste. Jesse Eisenberg. No, he likes to draw things. Sketcher doodle. No. I don't know. Dave, what does Nando like to do? You,
0: oh, no. <laughs> Nando <laughs> Defito, of course, will be on for two hours. Um, so yeah, but but really, the whole point is to to raise as much money as possible, uh, and it kind of culminates in that big draftathon show. But go to tinyurlcom FFT donate right now. Let's see uh, let's see how much the spot in the leftovers league is going for. You can get a spot in our podcast leftovers league. Ten team super flex. Right now, it is up to $666, and we have three days left. So, and there's a lot of stuff that you can bid on here, and it all goes to St. Jude. Tinyurl.com/slash
3: FFT donate. How much Le- would I have to bid to change the name back to the For the People League instead of calling it the Leftovers League?
0: You know what? This was a high-level decision that <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got uh, overruled, I thank God. So, um, we can't change it, but. Yeah, the, I actually like the Leftovers League. It's got a nice alliteration, and it reminds me of one of the best TV shows I've ever seen, The Leftovers. So um, so there's that. Let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, the biggest rankings faller. I have a couple of IDP sleepers I'll just mention. When's our IDP draft? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. All right. And uh, we've got the rest of the news. Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Cooper Cup updates, and a lot more from the weekend. We'll be right back.
1: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
0: all right we talked about the wow moments impressed with the Giants impressed with the Steelers impressed with Tajay Spears Um, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert rising for Heath Jalen Warren rising for everyone Um, Jaden Reed in the mix talked about the Packers wide receivers let's get a little negative here Jamie who's the biggest rankings faller for you
2: um, Heath mentioned one in, in Devon chain, You know, just you know, the the concern about the shoulder, but also the usage. You know, I I, I read something. I think it was in Sports Illustrated. Um, Alan Pupar and uh, Omar Kelly, who covered the Dolphins for them, saying that Pupont, I think is how you pronounce it. I apologize. Um, that uh, Savan Ahmed or Miles Gaston is going to make the team, but at this point, both those guys, I think, have been running ahead of Devon chain. Certainly, Achmed has. You know, so, you know, you just see the way that this this depth start is, sh- is shaking out. And does not look good for, for A-Chain to have the impact, as Heath alluded to, you know, prior to maybe the first few weeks of the season.
3: Biggest faller, Heath? I guess I'm going to say Jamison Williams, um, just because I'm just not drafting him anymore. <laughs> um, and I was pretty low on him in the first place. But just, like, inability to stay healthy, lack of experience practicing with the team... Definitely not going to be with the team for the first six weeks of the season. No telling what type of shape he's going to be in, and whether he's going to be able to stay healthy when he gets there, and where he's at on the. They're, they're trying to add another wide receiver right now, so um, pick him up off the waiver wire if you want to in week seven.
0: Yeah, and he and this is Jamison Williams, Lions second year receiver. I'm just looking up his stats. He ran 26 routes. He played a lot. And he had two catches for 18 yards on seven targets, including a dropped deep ball. It was catchable. If he had caught that, his line looks a lot better. Um, But uh, didn't exactly have a great preseason debut a couple of weeks ago, Jamison Williams. All right, we have to talk about Najee Harris, guys. Because I want to know where you're ranking Najee Harris, if you've moved him down. It's it's like the Steelers' offense is running away from Najee Harris. I don't know. um, What do you guys think? Jamie, Najee, go ahead.
2: Well, I mean, look, the, the it's not so much what Jalen Warren did with the 62-yard touchdown run, which, you know, I, I can't imagine people seeing that and not getting excited about him and not being concerned about Najee, but it's the playing time. You know, the fact that they're using Jalen Warren in the, in the spots that they're using him and what we saw at the end of last season as well. Look, I mean, Jalen Warren's been a more explosive player than Najee Harris in their short time together. And you've heard just nothing but positive reports, you know, going back to, the NFL draft about what they want to do with Jalen Warren and, and offseason mini camps, all those things about getting him on the field. And so, you know, it's, uh, I don't think Najee's going away. I, I think he's still going to be the goal line option. I think he's still going to play on first and second down, but is he going to be involved in the passing game? Is he going to be on the field as much as he has been? That was the allure of Najee Harris, was him staying on the field, the allure of the Steelers running back. Mike Tomlin's running backs have played three downs consistently and hopefully when they stayed healthy, been very productive. You know, Najee's not necessarily profiling like that right now. So, He's still worth drafting as a number two running back, but he went from a guy I was taking in round three to a guy I'm taking toward the end of round four.
3: Yeah, Heath, where do you have Najee Harris? Well, well, I I already had him in round four. I have moved him down to round five now. Um, And I just don't think I'm probably going to get him, but I've got him 21st at running back now. The the names that I always give, the long list of guys who have been as inefficient as him, I'm not going to give the list, but three combined top 20 seasons from the nine running backs who have seen as many touches of him in their first two years. I'm not gonna bet on him being a top 20 running back this year. And I just wonder, like we I, I know Mike Tomlin's history and I lean on coaching history as much as anybody and the way he's used running backs. We saw a little crack in that midway through last year where he had a all of a sudden he had a third down back and he hadn't really done that very much in the past. And then there was some talk this offseason about how Jalen Warren needs more work. And I, like I know what we all saw watching that run, but I just think of Matt Kamada and Mike Tomlin watching Jalen Warren break that run and run past safeties. And I just, there's no way they don't think we have to get that guy the ball more. Yeah.
2: yeah the, the one thing I keep going back to, though, with him is how much was the foot a problem, you know, for Najee last year? And is he is he healthy? And so a healthy Najee Harris may change some things. It's not, I think, changing what exactly he said, that they're going to get another guy on the field and giving him, you know, the chance to play more. Uh, but there's the other side of this with Jalen Warren is that you're getting him at a much much better value clearly. You know, his ADP is going to rise from from what's happened this weekend. But if there is the Naji injury and he misses time, he's a league winner. He's an absolute league winner. So these are the type of guys you want to get in on because you can use him if you need him as a flex. You don't want to have to use him because he's probably not going to get a lot of production at least right away. But if Naji goes down, then he becomes that guy and then you probably won your league because of getting a player like that.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about some running backs that I keep seeing, you know, being taken in maybe late round four to the to through round five, and I want to know how many of them you'd take over Najee Harris. Because in my mind, I'm thinking I think I'd take all of these guys over Najee Harris. So just tell me, would you take this player over Najee Harris, Damian Pierce? Easily, yep. J.K. Dobbins.
2: Yeah, was there for me before this weekend.
0: i um, I still got Dobbins behind. James Connor. Yep. Yes. Alexander Madison. Yep. Yes. All right. might get a little tougher here. Ken Walker.
2: No. Najee.
0: Brees Hall.
3: Najee. Najee.
0: Okay. Um, all right. And then uh, so our rankings followers, Devon A-Chain, Jamison Williams, Najee Harris. A couple of players that uh, showed up in preseason at middle linebacker or inside linebacker. Miami linebacker David Long. This is a guy they signed from the Titans who just cannot stay healthy, but a lot of people thought this was a great under the radar signing. Um, he could get a lot of tackles in that Dolphins defense. David Long. And Philadelphia linebacker Nicobe Dean, young player who's going to replace TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards in, in our IDP league was the fifth best linebacker uh, for the Eagles, you know, in, in IDP. He was on the Eagles last year. He needs to be replaced. Nicobe Dean looks like he's going to be. The guy doing that. And I looked at, you know, look, I'm not really a big IDP guy, but I looked at four different IDP rankings for David Long and Nicobe Dean, and they're pretty low on the linebacker list. So just want to throw those names out there. All right, let's talk about some uh, guys who were at one point maybe first round picks, then second. Now you'll see them going in the third round Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs. Jonathan Taylor will be back with the team this week. He was excused for personal reasons. He's still not healthy, apparently. Um, Josh Jacobs is expected to, this was pretty vague, but the Las Vegas review journal says Josh Jacobs expected to report to the team before week one, but not really clear that he'll be ready for week one. He can't just show up and then they're going to throw him in for like a full workload in week one. So I had a huge, a very hard time picking between the two of them, Taylor and Jacobs. Jamie, when do you take Taylor and Jacobs and who do you take first?
2: I would take Jacobs first right now, um, and Jacobs is in the back end of round two, and Taylor is in the beginning of round three.
3: Same question to you, Heath. Same answer.
0: Okay. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, or these guys? Or both?
2: Cubies. Uh, I still have Jacobs ahead of the quarterbacks, but another week of this, and the quarterbacks will move ahead of Jacobs also.
0: Okay. Cooper Cup will practice this week. Hooray! Cleveland head coach Kevin Stefanski says he wants Elijah Moore to be a big part of the offense, and we've seen that, and we're looking forward to that. Um, Jacksonville running back Tank Bigsby had a really good game, 13 carries for 70 yards and a catch. It was backups versus backups in that game of Jaguars-Lions, but Doug Peterson said that Bigsby could see a bigger role as the season progresses. Is anyone getting nervous about Travis Etienne?
2: Not really. More, just more excited about Bigsby.
0: Uh, Houston wide receiver Tank Dell, the star of the first preseason game week, uh, was held out. He had tightness in something. I did not see what it was, but uh, Tank Dell, the precautionary. Talked about Devon A. Chain hurting his shoulder. And there was an article in the Palm Beach Post that was pretty glowing about Jeff Wilson sort of making the case for Wilson as the top guy in that backfield Uh, Buffalo running back Damian Harris missed the game with a knee injury. He did return to practice last week, but wasn't ready to play in this game. Chicago offensive guard Tevin Jenkins could miss time with a leg injury, and that would be a pretty significant blow for them. Hopefully he's back soon. Uh, And Jacksonville defensive tackle Devon Hamilton is out indefinitely with a back injury. I got a whole big list of rankings risers and rankings fallers from Heath and Jamie, and let's get right to it. Heath, you t- told us about Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, and Jalen Warren, but there are a lot of players here that we haven't talked about, including Geno Smith, who on CBS is QB 17, on Fantasy Pros is QB 16. Geno Smith is a riser for you.
3: Yeah, and it's just like, I, I didn't have a lot of huge movers, but I did move Geno ahead of Aaron Rodgers. man. JSN, you're talking about another guy who has has had some wow moments the first couple of preseason games, including in Week 2. It's just a reminder of how special a talent he is. And you pair that with DK Metcalf, you pair that with Tyler Lockett. Listen, there's probably 15, 16, 17 QB1s this year. Juno Smith's definitely one of them. And I would not be surprised. Like, There's been talk about how much is he going to regress from last year. He might be better than he was last year. When you
0: guys are drafting a quarterback in that range if it's cousins Gino, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, uh Aaron Rodgers, I don't think we're going to put like Russell Wilson in that group but maybe you whatever. Um is there any is there anything that determines who you pick? Is it if I already have my QB1, I take this guy. If I don't have a QB1 yet, I take this guy? Do you just mix it up? Uh it's just those guys are tough I think to differentiate from each other. How do you guys differentiate them?
2: If I don't have a QB one I'm taking two of them. Typically, the one that I'm looking for with the most upside is Daniel Jones because he does something just a little bit different with his legs. You know, So if you're going to get another 700-yard rushing season from him and then he does improve slightly as a passer, then you're going to be very happy to have Daniel Jones on your team if the sort of carryover from the Brian Dayball coaching plus the addition of Darren Waller is there. But I think if you don't get one of those guys, like to me, Cousins is – very similar to Dak, and we've had this conversation, you know. So um, we're actually doing tiers today on on CBS Sports HQ, uh, quarterback tiers. And I don't usually do tiers, but I had to give them for the show. And so my final tier of the starting group, I did put Cousins, who's my QB thirteen, in with Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. And so those are kind of like the fallback top twelve guys, you know, per se. So it's a you know baker's dozen essentially. Um, Once you get past those those guys, though, I think. Gino, Jones, Rodgers, uh, and Goff, they all could be top 10 guys. I mean, th- they're they're all capable of that. You know, it's just a matter of who will fall out of that group, you know, if you're banking on somebody else. And and obviously, ADP tells us something differently, certainly on our site, where Tua Vailoa and Anthony Richardson are not being drafted as starters right now, which is very surprising. Right. You know, so... I think, you know, again, it's it's sort of, if you need a second quarterback, you know, like, I would take, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily, and, and this is probably a mistake, but I, I wouldn't necessarily want to pair Daniel Jones with Anthony Richardson, because there could be too much volatility there. But, like, if I take Anthony Richardson, I'm looking more at the safer options, you know, just in case Jones does falter, and last year was kind of a fluke, which doesn't look like that's going to be the case, but you never know.
3: Yeah, it's pretty much, for me, it's Jones or Gino, just because Cousins goes earlier, usually, in the drafts that I'm in, but I have cousins jones and gino in a tier and then i have rogers and wilson and goff in a tier behind those guys um so i i like i usually if i draft one of those guys it's jones or gino and it's usually after i've taken Tua or richardson
0: right richardson is in adp he's with this group for us in the rankings he's way ahead um I, I guess I'm a little unclear about Cousins. Jamie, you said he is with the starters, so he's ahead of them. How about for you, Heath? Is he de- definitively ahead of Geno and Jones?
3: Um, he, they, I've got Jones, Cousins, Gino back-to-back-to-back to back in round 10. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry.
0: Um, all right, uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are risers for you, and that's interesting. I actually didn't give this note. Baker Mayfield didn't play, but Todd Bowles said he's not naming a Buccaneers starting quarterback. That's a good is that why Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are
3: risers for you? It's no, it's it's a couple of things, and it's more projections changes, but also I do think that like Trask gives them a little more floor than I was. If Trask was awful, then they had the floor of bad Baker, which we know how bad that is. We saw it with DJ Moore last year. Um, but there was a couple of things. The Russell Gage injury causes me to think that the targets are going to be a little bit more concentrated. And then like, I don't know that Tampa, I, I, my, I've gone into this year thinking Tampa Bay definitely wants to run it a lot more than they have when Tom Brady was quarterback. Their run game looks awful. I'm not sure that they are going to be able to run it very often, even, even with Rashad White. So I, I've, I've upped their pass volume just a tad, but concentrated their targets more as well without Russell Gage there.
0: Michael Thomas is a riser for you.
3: Yeah, getting getting good reports. He's staying healthy. He looked good in the first preseason game. It, it was a, again a small move, but I did move him up a little bit.
0: To you know,
3: a top one hundred pick. Yeah, he's a he's a round eight pick for me.
0: Okay, that's Michael Thomas. Um, would you rather have Michael Thomas or Odell Beckham? Thomas, Romeo Dobbs or Michael
3: Thomas? Ooh. They are they are within three spots in the overall rankings, but I've got Thomas slightly higher right now.
0: I mean, that really should tell you about the value that people can get for Romeo Dobbs. I hope it continues to be that way. I don't know how much he'll rise in ADP. Uh, and two tight ends on your risers list, Chigo Conquo and Luke Musgrave.
3: Yeah, Musgrave just moving him up into that top 20 range where maybe he makes a difference. Both Still just a tight end, too. Um, But there's just been too much of a drumbeat to completely ignore him at a position where it doesn't take that much to become a top 12 guy. And then Okonkwo, like there was at the beginning of training camp, some talk from Vrabel that didn't sound super positive. And then there was the signing of DeAndre Hopkins and I kind of cooled on him. But he has played 100% of their snaps when they only have one tight end in the field, which is a big change from last year. And now that Burks is not going to be there at the start of the year, I think there's a little more opportunity for him to get off to a good start. So Okonkwo back in that borderline top 12 range for me.
0: All right. Again, Heath's risers, Geno Smith, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Warren, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Chigo Okonkwo, and Luke Musgrave. Let's head on over to Jamie's risers. Jamie's got two quarterbacks on his list, Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett. ADP has Jordan Love at about quarterback 25 or 26, Kenny Pickett at QB 21. Um, Where are you moving Love and Pickett, and who do you like better?
2: Uh, I like Love slightly better than Pickett, um, but I still love Pickett. Uh, But I think you look at um, the... The, the, just the way these guys have played you know and and the offenses that they're that they're in and i', I mean I, I don't think we give pickett the um the love of what he might do with his legs as well you know he he did run quite a bit you know or, or, or a good a good enough amount in college that you can potentially buy into that um that he might do you know be a be a 300 400 yard type of, of rusher uh but I, again i think just look at the weapons that these guys have i think they're they're worth drafting as quarterback twos with upside.
0: And as far as Love goes, we don't want them to make bad throws because someone's going to pick it. True. Right? Okay. And you said you moved them ahead of Ryan Tannehill.
2: Yes. So they were, I think, 20. I think I had it uh, Howell, Tannehill, Love, Pickett, and I just moved Tannehill behind those guys.
0: What about Matthew Stafford versus Love and Pickett?
2: I have Stafford ahead of those guys, but, again, I think it's a matter of what you're looking for, floor versus ceiling. You know, So Stafford, I think, gives you a safer floor if he's healthy, but that's the risk you have to worry about with him.
0: All right. Let's go to your wide receiver risers: George Pickens, who you talked about earlier; Michael Thomas, also a riser for you; and Jaden Reed, who you talked about earlier; and Paris Campbell of the New York Giants. Um, I only said that because people might not know what team Paris Campbell plays for. Uh, yeah. Michael Thomas, though, you share that sentiment with that. Heath, uh, you're feeling good about it.
2: Well, it, it's funny because, you know, I had sent you that uh, note. I forget where it was from at this point, but I sent you that note last week where they were, there was a lot of concern about Michael Thomas, and apparently he did bounce back, I think that day, in practice. And um, I think it was one of the Saints beat writers was I, saying that— I
0: got it for you if you want. So, yeah, go ahead. Jeff Duncan, uh, he said, a former NFL receivers coach asked me from the sidelines today, what's up with Michael Thomas? He can't get off the line of scrimmage. He's getting locked up by a safety. Uh, and then he says, my column on the reality of where Michael Thomas is at is his return to the playing field after three years on the sideline. Uh, and that was for NOLA.com.
2: Yeah, so I had dropped him about four or five spots, and I just put him back exactly where I had him. Why? Because there was some video of him actually looking good, and, and some of the reports the next day. Maybe he was motivated by that. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it was, but it was the next uh, day or two. He looked, he looked good. And so it's just a matter of if he's healthy – He's worth drafting with a mid-round pick. You know, you, you don't get overly excited about Michael Thomas at 30 years old, having played 10 games over the last three seasons, and say, okay, I'm going to jump all the way back in like we did last year. We, we got burned. Yeah. You know, but he's still capable of being a, a quality receiver, and I do think he's getting better quarterback play this year with Andy Dalton gone.
3: I, I do wonder if Michael Thomas, like, literally read the quote that Adam read because the the tape I saw was of him breaking Derwin James' ankles. And the, the quote says he couldn't, the the, he couldn't get off the line against he couldn't get off the line against a safety. I wonder because they've been practicing together. I wonder if it was James locking him up one day and and then Thomas uh getting his I mean, that's a that's a pretty good safety too. Yes,
0: no kidding. Um all right, and then Paris Campbell. I don't know. I guess Giants wide receivers in general. Darius Slade didn't do anything. Isaiah Hodgins had a long catch, or like eighteen yard catch or something. Paris Campbell is their slot guy right now. Um, who's your favorite Giants wide receiver?
2: Uh, my favorite Giants wide receiver is still Hodgins because his role is locked in. But I had been somewhat bullish, I guess, with the the hope of take the chance on Wondell Robinson when he comes back, you know, and he's a guy that this regime drafted and, you know, hopefully. But he's still on the pop list. At this point, it's hard to overlook that Paris Campbell's got that role. And the, really, I think the one guy that's going to take it from it would be Shepard. And so we'll see if that's the case. But I think if they're, if you're like looking at their three receiver sets at this point, He's the slot guy, and we know what that's kind of been to Daniel Jones. So is he going to be the the, the shepherd slot receiver where it's been the only guy there? No, because I think Waller is uh, a significant upgrade over anything that, that Daniel Jones has ever played with. But I think Paris Campbell is – he he in PPR, he was like in, in my 190s, and Wanda Robinson was like around 170-something. And so I just basically flipped it and took Wanda Robinson out.
0: Honestly, Jalen Hyatt. If, Wanda Robinson, I don't think, is worth waiting on. Jalen Hyatt, though – uh is surging and playing with the starters. Um, so I didn't think there was any chance Jalen Hyatt was gonna make a contribution this year. Are you like,
3: guys getting excited about him? Like half of these guys aren't going to be able to play. Right. Well right. you can't play you can't play seven wide receivers in a game. I mean at
0: this point, like Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, obviously we're not counting on them. It's Shepard Slayton and Hodgins are locked in, right? As of now. But Hyatt you know, could certainly get on the field. But
3: yes, I would say Slayton and Hodgins. Do you think or, he's uh, more likely to take Slayton's job or Hodgins?
0: Slayton. I think Campbell's. I think he could play out of the slot. Could, but Slayton's, I would say, than, more likely Slayton's than Hodgins.
3: But I don't know. I They have to See, figure man, it I out. what I heard earlier in the year was that the Slayton was like the one guy who was locked in.
0: I, it just, Hyatt is more similar to Slayton, I think, than, than to Hodgins. But. I think we're probably spending a little bit too much time on this. I apologize for that. Uh, Juwan Johnson, a riser for you, Jamie.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, other guys getting great reviews and, you know, just looking at it, uh, what he did last year, the quarterback he has this year, um, I, I'm, I'm drafting him as a starter. I, he's, he's moved ahead of Dalton Schultz for me, uh, which is a, a guy that's falling. And, again, when you're taking these late round shots, who's going to be somebody that can maybe hit? I think he fits the profile. Former wide receiver, had a – good touchdown season, not a great touchdown season, but did well find in the end zone last year. And, you know, Heath talked about this um, last week with A.T. Perry, uh, just about the Rashid Shahid injury. I think their top three pass catchers right now, if everybody's healthy, are Alave, Thomas. We'll see Kamara, but uh, I think Jawan Johnson's that third guy. And so I, I think, you know, the fact that, forget about the Jimmy Graham situation, hopefully he's okay. Um, but you know they they do have a lot of guys there. But I think y- y- all you're hearing is just great things about what Jawan Johnson has been doing, and I think we'll continue to do once the season starts.
0: And Greg Dulcich is someone that Chris on FFT and Five, Greg Dulcich was a loser for Chris. And you guys like uh, Jawan Johnson better than Dulcich at this point?
2: Yes, that was something that I changed after last week's preseason game. But yes, for sure.
3: I. I think I might still have Dulcich ahead, but I haven't really... I have a hard time. And I guess like it's probably just because I haven't projected a an, an massive increase in pass volume for the Saints. But if Michael Thomas is there and Chris Olave is there, I, I have a hard time seeing... And like they're going to throw it to their running backs. How Juwan Johnson's going to see more than th- four to five targets a game. Okay.
0: Um, well, Dulcich was but, a guy that Chris is just saying like is not playing enough, basically. Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's just something I just want to throw that out there because I don't think he's in the note. Oh, he is in the notes. He's one of your followers, Heath. Greg Dolcich. Sorry about that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He definitely moved behind Okonkwo. I moved him behind Gerald Everett. Um, I've got him at tight end 18 now. I I could be tempted to move him five more spots like you get into that 18 range. And the difference between that and 23 is just kind of guesswork at tight end. But it's not good that he's not a full time player. When we come
0: back rankings fallers, find out why, My- why Miles Sanders is on both of these guys' fallers list and why Keenan Allen is on Jamie's, we'll tell you right after this.
1: Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent, in finance and accounting. Technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And Miles
0: Sanders hasn't played yet. He's been nursing a groin injury, should be back soon, hopefully. He's on both of your followers' lists. Jamie, how come, uh, let's take a look at your followers first, including Najee Harris. We don't have to talk about him, Uh, said enough about him earlier in the show. Devon A-Chain, same thing. But Miles Sanders stands out. Why is he a follower, and where'd you move Sanders to?
2: Bryce Young does not look good. (laughs) The offensive line does not look good. You know, you're hearing reports uh, just about some struggles there, but... Um, it's just a couple spots, you know, it was more about, you know, shuffling around that group of, of Najee and and Sanders and Connor and Madison. So I just put Sanders, um, closer to where I have Najee right now. I just think it was, it, I, I hope he's going to help things, but Bryce Young scares me a little bit right now. And that's a big part of it.
0: And how about you,
3: Heath? You've always been the Miles Sanders guy. Yeah. I'm just trying to be consistent. I don't want to only move down the hurt guys who I didn't like. So I, uh, and both Sanders and, and another guy I'll talk about in a minute, David Montgomery, kind of guys where I had them more than around ahead of where they were being drafted. And so I've I've tried or maybe even two in, in Montgomery's case. And I've tried to, uh, you know, not, not draft him around earlier than I have to. But right. I, it sounds like Sanders is going to be OK. I just am I'm trying to be a little bit consistent on how I rank the injured guys.
0: Uh, Keenan Allen, Jamie. Interesting. Why did you move him down?
2: Uh, part of the reason is because of, I think, the usage we're going to see. You know, his, his allure is being the slot guy. If they're going to really use Mike Williams in the slot and put him on the outside, that's going to give him some different opportunities, but I think also give him some tougher coverage. And then Quentin Johnson's looking good, you know, as well. So, again, distribution of targets may not be the same for him. Uh, but, again, it was just moving him down a couple spots, not like a significant drop. Plus, he's, you know, again, I, speaking of being consistent, I can't sit here and rail on Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins being 30 and not give him some sort of a ding as well.
0: Right. Dalton Schultz, ding. Uh.
2: That offense is also looking a little bit bad, but also a lot of options. You know, so Schultz is being mixed in with some other, their tight ends there. And I think we're going to see CJ Stroud spread the ball around. So it was more about when I looked at the end of my, my top 12 and I was looking at Kincaid, Laporta, Juwan Johnson, and Schultz. I just put Schultz behind all those guys.
0: All right, Heath, your fallers include Miles Sanders, you talked about David Montgomery, you just well we want to expand a little bit on on that. You just don't want to be too high on him based on his ADP.
3: Right. Yeah, it's um like I know and I I make this process in my head where if somebody's in the top of my queue and I know they're not going to go for another round and a half, I just don't take them and take them in a round. But I know that a lot of people using my rankings don't do it that way. So I just move him down a little bit to try to make it uh, so nobody's drafting him at the four or five turn when they can get him in round six. Right. Fair
0: enough. Uh, by the way, uh, please hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube right now. If if you feel like we've earned it, 1,300 people watching, appreciate that. About 219 likes, we can do a little bit better than that. Let's get that up to 300, huh? Um, all right, uh, David Montgomery, Najee Harris, Devon A-Chain, Traylon Burks. Same thing. He's just heard. earlier. You said he won't. It doesn't look like he'll be there for Week One. How confident are you in that opinion?
3: Um. I am confident that if he is there in week one, it's, it's it seems like it's unlikely that he is, uh, like, fully ready to go. It looks at the timetable that everybody's giving is, like, putting him, maybe he's able to get back just in time for week one.
0: Okay, that's Traylon Burks. So, yeah, he should be someone you
3: draft <laughs> Don't and don't need, right? I, I think again. you put him in that in that Kadarius Tony range.
0: Right. Oh my gosh. So we gotta talk about we gotta talk about the Chiefs wide receivers. Let's get through the rest of your fallers here. Greg Dulcich is I mean, we pretty much covered everyone. Jamison Williams and Greg Dulcich are on this list. Yeah. And, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chiefs wide receivers. Uh this was fair to say, worst case scenario for the Chiefs wide receivers, what we saw in this game. Does anybody feel that way?
2: I don't know what you mean.
0: I mean, yeah. A lot of them played and none of them had more than two targets from Mahomes who threw fifteen or sixteen passes. There was nobody who jumped out. It was it, there's no hierarchy. Well, I
2: think you look at playing time. I think that matters. It, you know, there was no it
0: there wasn't much of a hierarchy there either. I mean
2: uh, Well, wasn't Sky Moore on the field the entire time with him? So let's go through
0: that. Uh Kansas City and passing game. Like 80%. No, MVS is the one who's, you know, who's always on the field. Twenty snaps from Mahomes. Um, 14 for Kelsey while Mah- with Mahomes on the field. 15 for MVS. Sky Moore 12 snaps, 10 routes, which was good, um, which was the tied for the second most. It's only one target, but you want to look at routes with Patrick Mahomes. It was MVS with 14, Clyde Edwards-Elair and Sky Moore with 10, Kelsey with nine, Justin Watson six, Rashie Rice five, Justin Ross two, Jarek McKinnon four.
3: It seems like it's pretty clearly Sky Moore and MVS. are going to be the guys running routes all the time, and somebody else is going to mix in. Like everybody, and there was no other receiver within. There was more than half of Sky Moore, right?
0: Uh, Justin Watson had six routes. Moore had ten. Okay, but it'd be nice for Sky Moore to do something. I mean, he he has proven nothing so it's
3: far. It's preseason.
0: It, it's still twenty snaps that Mahomes was on the field, <laughs> and and he was only on the field for twelve of them, and that's it not just, something it just, to be it, discounted. It reminded
2: here. me. It reminded me of. Uh, because they, they mentioned this in the broadcast. You know, they played the Cardinals week one last year, and it was Mahomes can't be great without Tyreek Hill. He'll be good, but he won't be great, and he threw five touchdowns in that game. <laughs> you know, it's like... I'm not talking about Mahomes, I think, though. I'm, but I'm saying, like, he's not throwing five to Travis Kelsey. He might, but he's not throwing five to Travis. Like, th- there, there's a reason why I think you don't draft Sky Moore right now in the top 30 to 35 receivers. You know, this is once you get past, like, wide receiver 40 is where he comes into play. So you don't want to overvalue Sky Moore. But it's also a reminder of when you get to the end of your draft. Like, I take ch- chances on all of these guys. I, I don't think I've left a draft so far that I've done since Kadarius Tony's injury where I don't have one Chiefs wide receiver, whoever it may be, just because. Yeah, sure. You know, it'll be probably the first player that I drop if it's Richie James or, you know, um, Racy Rice not doing anything or MVS, you know, just because who he is. Like, the ones you want to gravitate toward, I think, are toward are more still, still Tony. Um, Rice, and for me, it's it's Justin Ross. Uh, but I, sh- I don't think you overlook Richie James. I don't think you overlook Justin Watson. You know, I mean, there's, there's going to be some of these guys that are going to be significant and some of these guys are going to be relevant. It might be a week-to-week thing where you're, you know, shuffling in and out and you regret dropping that player. So it's, uh, it's a great late-round dart throw. You know, like D- David said this in every draft we've done. I hate the players on the board when we get to, like, round 11. Like, for me, like, this is where the fun starts, you know, mm-hmm. like, in taking players like this.
3: Sure, also, but but, we're getting a lot of comments in the chat about how none of the Chiefs will matter. None of the Chiefs mattered last year. That's not, it's just not true. Juju was a top 24 wide receiver for half the year last year. Miko Hardman had a five week span where he was a top 12 wide receiver. Like it might not be the same guy for 17 straight weeks, but there are going to be guys who matter and they're all dirt cheap. So, yes, if we were drafting Sky Moore where we're drafting Christian Watson. Then I would be really upset that Sky Moore is not giving us fantasy points in in the preseason. But he's a round nine or round ten pick,
0: right? But he is still being drafted. I mean, I'm looking at Jamie's rankings right now in, in the FFT Open and just the available wide receivers. I'm in round eight: um, Jordan Addison, Michael Pittman, Sky Moore, Michael Thomas. So that's that's not a nothing price tag. You still have Juju, Brandon Cooks, Heath. Your rankings right now, Sky Moore is lower, considerably lower. Addison Thomas, Dobbs, Elijah Moore,
3: Juju Cooks, Nico Collins, Sky Moore. Um, uh, yeah, so like you're not saying a lot of names that I feel confident starting week 1.
0: It doesn't uh, okay, I,
3: I
2: think I, have I think him ranked
3: he, for the upside. That
2: that's simply why, why he's
3: in that in that range. But
0: keep in mind that you could say that he ran, you know, almost twice as many routes as any other wide receiver not named MBS. Mahomes played 20 snaps and Sky Moore played only 12 of those. It's the preseason. I know, but I don't know what to but, make of that. It's not but, like but, he's an okay, established just go, veteran.
2: Go it's, with the other names. Take MVS out. Right? The only other guy that's played with him is Justin Watson.
0: Right. But so I'm just it, saying, it, it, this was not what I wanted to see from Sky Moore. And I also don't think it's a situation necessarily. I don't know. I don't know that. He's not necessarily the like the veteran player that just didn't play that much because he's this proven veteran, and they took him out. If he's sure, only going to no, play I, half the snaps with Mahomes.
2: So Mahomes threw how many passes?
0: 16? 15.
2: So if if 15, and let's say Sky Moore had four for, for 52 and, and without a touchdown, you'd feel better? Of course. Dramatically better? Like you jump him up 10 spots?
0: No, but I'd be more comfortable taking him with a top 100 pick. I've taken him, for the record, I've taken him in, like, each of the last two drafts that I've done that have gotten to that point. I'm in a lot of slow drafts. So I'm not opposed to Sky Moore, but he has not done anything in the preseason other than Kadarius Tony getting hurt. The only thing Moore has done is Kadarius Tony got hurt, and it's Moore is a starter. Got, Moore's a starter well, for a, the Chiefs. but
2: It's like, also who he's, a, who he's attached to. I mean, we're not, you know, like— I know,
0: but he hasn't done anything good, I really don't think. What has he done?
3: That's why, if he had, he'd be drafted in round five or six right, right now. Right. Like, that's why yeah. he's being drafted back with Nico freaking Collins. Um, yeah. Like, all, all you've heard Thomas. is that he's
2: doing well in practice. I mean, it's the same thing, like, we're hearing about Brandon Cooks. Like, you haven't seen Brandon Cooks do anything. I know you know what Brandon Cooks can do. Right, exactly. Brand- team.
0: Brandon Cooks, you know, I think, we have, well, he's done so something. I'm saying, he's, he's
2: an older player on a new team. Like, I'd rather take the upside of a younger player right. with a better quarterback.
0: there's another angle here that I'd like to discuss. And, and who was the second most target? Actually, who was the most targeted uh no, nobody had more than two targets. But CEH was one of those players that had two targets. What if they throw to the running backs more? And what if that helps Pacheco or CEH, and they have more of a role than we anticipated?
2: I mean, it's, have they not always thrown to those guys?
0: Not really. I mean, certainly not Pacheco. Pacheco got almost no targets. Yeah, but I, 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 get- I would... What?
2: <laughs> I mean, in the, in the, what, the AFC Championship game? Didn't he have a... Uh,
0: I think so. When Pacheco when Pacheco took off, that's when McKinnon also was a huge role, uh, had a huge role, and was awesome. Well, this is just strengthening your case for McKinnon, who you love. I agree, but McKinnon's only going to play on third down. So I'm saying if he throws to his running backs more on first and second down, that could that could be an extra few points in PPR for those guys. Heath, you don't seem sure. you
3: don't seem open to this idea at all. I just like there's a lot of things that we need to care about in the preseason, maybe. But, like, what the Chiefs are doing offensively with their preseason snaps, I just don't I don't know how much I care.
0: I mean, that is fair, but they don't have a Juju Smith-Schuster on this team. Like, last year they didn't have a Tyree Kill, but at least they had a Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got to look at this wide receiving core. It is not proven at all. At all.
2: Well, I mean, they did, they did take the Giants' best receiver from a year ago.
0: Yeah. There's nothing proven on this team. At wide receiver. Can we at least agree I, on that?
2: I, I, again, look, you're, you're drafting based on what could happen. And what could happen is that sky Moore takes the juju role or better because he's younger and more explosive than juju was last year and didn't and hopefully won't miss time. Like juju did when he suffered the concussion, you know? So again, we, we have to do this for what we do for, for our jobs is project <laughs> out and anticipate and, you know, try to give people some expectations to win their leagues. And this is the type of guy that if he hits is going to be a league winner. I get what you're saying. If he had a three-catch for a 40-yard day, you'd feel slightly better about taking him in this range. But if he had a five for you know, if he had the Rachey Rice stat line, you know, eight catches, 90-something yards and on nine targets, like he said, he would now be ahead of 50,
0: 20 receivers, you know, right off the bat. Uh, I know. All right. All right, well, I've... (laughs) talked about as much as I can. Not getting anything there. That's fine. Um, what did you guys think of the Falcons offense?
2: I heard Bijan had a good run. I didn't see it. First run.
0: <laughs> that guy looks it's, like he's shot out of a cannon.
2: It's amazing.
0: Um,
2: he's he's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, it's awesome.
2: I thought that, th- I mean, we had this conversation yesterday, Adam, you and I, just talking that I thought Desmond Ritter looked better, you know, so that was encouraging. You know, the interception wasn't his fault. But um, he uh, you know, he's 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 going to you know hopefully be, be good for those guys. You know, to what degree, we'll find out, you know, for Drake London and um and Ken, and Kyle Pitts. I did think there's a couple of receivers that are gonna be annoying that if you're in a very deep draft, take shots on. Mac Hollins, I think, is going to be, you know, involved. Again, very low pass volume, but gonna be involved for the Falcons. Kendrick Bourne looks like a guy that Mac Jones is gonna lean on. You know, that could be annoying, you know, so those are two veteran guys that I don't want to have any shares of in a five person bench, but a 15 round draft, but you get a little deeper than that. You know, those are guys that could, you know, maybe be third, fourth, fifth receivers for you, depending on how many you play.
0: Okay. Uh, Heath, Khalil Herbert did not play. Deontay Foreman started and Rashawn Johnson had another very good game. Uh, Thoughts on the Bears running
3: backs? I, I think that um like I was not sure that Khalil Herbert would be the RB one to start the year. And it seems like he's probably going to be the RB one to start the year. I think he's a fine number three running back to have. He's got more upside in non PPR than he does in full PPR.
0: James Cook played fifteen snaps. Josh Allen played sixteen snaps. Um who of these three guys, do you feel like who okay. Who has the highest snap percentage of these three guys or rank them in terms of percentage of snaps they will play in the regular season, uh, like on a weekly basis? James Cook, Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson. Percentage of snaps? Yeah, who's getting the most playing time on a weekly basis? Cook, Stevenson,
2: Pierce. Based on what we see right now, I would probably say Cooks. Cook? Cook, sorry. But Pierce, yeah. I, I was I was, I was, was impressed that he played on third downs. You know, that was nice to see because there's not like they're taking him off the field for a single turn.
3: I'd say total snaps. I guess I probably my answer
2: say Pierce. Yeah, I've changed my answer. I'm going to say Pierce.
3: I'm going to say total snaps Cook because the Bills might run 100 more plays than the Patriots or Texans. Fair. Okay.
0: Yeah, Zeke didn't play, so we didn't get to see that split. But Ramondre Stevenson was absolutely an every down back uh, when, when he was on the field. Pierce and positive was, for him that he had a goal line touchdown. Yep. And Pierce was in every down back, too, but not necessarily. What happened with Pierce was he played the first two series, and then he left the game, and Singletary came in, and Stroud stayed on the field. So that was it. You know, this running backs just don't play that much, a lot of them. Like, Barkley Dress didn't play. Aaron Jones played one snap each of the last two weeks. Uh, So I don't know what that means for Pierce. Was Singletary just going to get that series? He's going to get every third series? Or, you know, we won't probably know until week one.
2: I don't uh, understand the Aaron Jones thing. Like, why play him? Like, they get <laughs> carry and... I get him beautiful. tackled.
0: <laughs> uh, Rico Dattles started for the Cowboys. Do you guys have a preference at, at backup running back for Pollard? At handcuff running back? Deuce.
3: Yeah. Deuce is the only one I'm drafting.
0: Uh, wide receiver notes. Jalen Hyatt, Jonathan Mingo. They both uh, were working with the first team. Demario Douglas. People said... So, I got an email from Matthew. He said, you haven't talked about Patriots receiver Demario Douglas. Um, would you guys like to talk about Demario Douglas? He's having a very good camp.
3: We did talk about him on Fantasy Football Today Dynasty last week. Oh. You guys should subscribe to that podcast. Um, yeah, I I really think it's probably Juju and Devontae Parker. Douglas could be a waiver ad when and if one of those guys gets hurt later in the year. Debo it's Samuel. also worth
2: noting that we haven't seen uh, Gasecki, and what this two tight end offense will look like to
0: Debo Samuel. Two catches on three targets, thirty-nine yards on the first possession. Um, Purdy looked good. Purdy did look good, pretty good. And Devonte Adams played one snap and at tight end. The only really notes I had were about Dulcich, who we already talked about not playing much. And uh, thank you, Chris, for that. And Darren Waller, four targets,
3: three catches, forty yards on the first possession, lined did, up out wide, and yeah. Has Aiden O'Connell made you guys feel any better about Devonte Adams?
0: No. Dave would say yes. Dave good. said, Aiden O'Connell looks good. Watch his tape. His first throw was awful. He had a guy <laughs> wide open, deep down the field, no pressure, and he just made a terrible pass. And then after that, he was he was great. He really was. Oh, very good. Um, so that's the backup quarterback for the Raiders. All right. Potentially. Potentially the backup quarterback, right? That's all I got for today. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for watching and listening. We'll back tomorrow with another episode. We have a live stream on Tuesday night. It's actually at 9 o'clock on Tuesday night. We'll be doing a Superflex Straps. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning on Fantasy Football Today.